listeners. Welcome to another episode of Adventures in Parenting. I'm Jesse, And I'm Erin. And today we're in Studio E at the Patchogue Medford Library with representatives from Safe Harbor, a part of the EAC network here on Long Island. They're here to discuss how to keep your child safe from online predators and exploitation. I'm sure most of you listening have grappled at one time or another with this issue, so I'd like to take a minute to introduce our guests. Today we are joined by Stephanie Muller, our Safe Harbor Program Supervisor, Jahira Campazano, a bilingual community educator with Safe Harbor, Jacqueline Romero, who acts as Safe Harbor's Mentor Development Specialist, and Devon Monti, the Supervisor for Family Advocacy, Community Outreach, and Education. Thank you all for taking the time to come and talk to us in the community. Tell us a little bit about Safe Harbor, your mission, and what you're into. Yeah, so Safe Harbor works with youth that are either at risk or survivors of human trafficking and exploitation. Our cases, you know, they vary. It's not all active trafficking cases or active child abuse cases, but really our purpose is to provide that extra support and empower at-risk youth and survivors through support, trauma-informed practices, and really meeting them where they're at. Um, You know, so a big part of what we do is we're not telling them, this is what I think you need to do. You know, of course, we're encouraging them. We're, you know, being honest with them and maybe some of the things that are happening and some concerns that we have, but it really is client-centered to make sure that we're able to build that connection with them, build that safety and trust, and together work towards making healthy, safe decisions. So for those of you listening and you're thinking, Jesse said online predators and then Stephanie said human trafficking I just want to let you know that those two things are linked and Stephanie I mentioned earlier that we're not going to just talk about human trafficking and the facts and the reality of it as opposed to the myths that you might be seeing on social media but we're also going to be talking about online exploitation of your children so that's kind of what we're talking about today and that's why Safe Harbor is with us because they are the experts and helping you protect your children so let's get started so I have an eight-year-old and she's just starting to like engage in the online world there's only so much I can restrict and they need to be online it's part of the world so what am I doing how do I do this yeah, so when it comes to internet safety and body safety, those are two really big things that we do with Safe Harbor and also with the Child Advocacy Center. Um, we have the opportunity to go to schools, to group homes, um, after school programs, group homes, all, the, all these different kinds of places. And we do these workshops. And really what we lead with is we're not trying to freak you out. We're not trying to scare you. Same thing with parents when we do our workshop that is specifically about you know internet safety and what caregivers can do. We lead with that. We're not trying to scare you. It's scary. No Mm -hmm. doubt. We're not going to deny that. But it's really important that we remain calm and that we remember that this is a continuous conversation. It's not a one and done thing where you you, you set your child down, you tell them all the scary things, tell them what you're going to do. It's really this continuous conversation because we want to make sure that our children feel safe in talking to us when they see different things, when they're uncomfortable. So I definitely think that it starts young, even with, you know, some of the curriculum that we're doing, we're starting in kindergarten. Obviously, it's very different than what we do with our, you know, seventh and eighth graders. But what we're really doing is having conversations with them about safety, about knowing who your safe adults are, making sure that you have those connections, that you know you can go to these people, that you have those conversations. So I think for parents, that's where, you know, we always recommend having the conversations with the kids. I think also especially as they get older and they're teenagers and they feel like we don't understand anything that's going on in their phones, Mm -hmm. you know, we're so disconnected, we don't get it. It's important that we remind them, and again, meeting them at their level, hey, it is my job to take care of you. It's my job to prepare you for the world and for all of the dangers that are out there. The internet is a huge part of that. There's no denying that. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I want to make sure that you know 
that I'm a safe person to talk to. No thing is too small or too big, right? Because sometimes kids may feel like, this isn't even that big of a deal. I just saw this little thing. It's not that big of a deal. Sometimes because they thought it wasn't a big deal and it spiraled and snowballed and got so big, then they're thinking to themselves, this is too big. I don't want to get in trouble, right? right? So that's where I think, you know, starting from a young age when we're talking to them, hey, I'm a safe person. I'm going to be here with you as you navigate the real world and as you navigate the internet world, you know, kind of combining those two things, I think is a good place to start. That's great. And that, you know, goes across the board. Like you should, they should feel that way in all aspects of life, not Mm. just on, in the internet, but uh, in the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Did I just date myself? (laughs) On the interwebs. Um, The Google. Yeah, the Google, exactly. But so uh, to your point first, where you said that when you're meeting with parents, if you say you don't want to freak them out, that's how I feel when I'm talking to my children about subjects like this like I really I want them to be empowered and to know you know how to stay safe and that I'm safe but I don't want to freak them out so how do you introduce to children that online can potentially not be a safe place for them Mm -hmm. without freaking them out like what are the things that I should be telling her to look out for without Mm -hmm. being like and by the way if you get in a conversation with this person they might eventually want to know where you live and they might want to you know come have you live with them instead of with us like how do you not let it spiral for them yeah so I think one of the common things in our different curriculum and when you know we're talking to parents is we want to start off with the basics of we like the internet mm-hmm. we love social media mm-hmm. um what are some things that you like about social media it's good to also get to know what they're interested in mm-hmm. right um some things we see sometimes is that maybe a child feels like their parent thinks that their tiktok use is dumb right we want to kind of just meet them where they're at again that's going to be something i keep saying what do you like how do you use the internet how do you and your friends use the internet what are some you know trends that you really like what are your favorite accounts that way we're not just starting off bad Mm -hmm. but in that conversation just like in life what are some things that we don't like about the internet what are some pros what are some cons what are some things that you've seen that you've really enjoyed but also what are some things that have made you uncomfortable how did that make you feel sometimes it's also helpful to take it from a different approach instead of being like what what are you doing on the internet it's like hey what are some common things that you see your peers doing on the internet sometimes that removal you know helps them feel a little less intimidated and as we're talking to them about the cons there's no doubt that they know these cons right sometimes I think when we've gone into the schools it's like you're almost prepared for them to defend it you know you don't get it and it's like no they're aware that there's cyberbullying they're aware Mm -hmm. that there's inappropriate content that people feel pressured so from there we build on that conversation and again Mm -hmm. it's saying you know what that is the reality of the internet. Mm-hmm. And because that's the reality, it's my job to teach you how to handle these different situations because there's going to be situations that you're not going to be able to handle by yourself. Or even if you are able to deal with it by yourself, you don't have to, right? right? You don't right. have to take the burden of something just because you feel you can just take it. So that's where sometimes too, it, obviously, you know, we have different cases where it makes sense that parents you know, have to ground their children or have to take away the phones for a certain period of time until there can be that safety. But that's something where, again, as we're bringing it conversationally and really having these different discussions in that we're also able to acknowledge, hey, if you come to me because somebody sent you something, because you got yourself in a bit of trouble, I'm not going to just blame you and make you feel bad and and ridicule you for getting yourself into that situation because you are a child. Like you might stumble upon something that you thought was fine and then it wasn't. Yeah. I think it's interesting the standards that we can hold our youth to. I don't know what I'm doing and yet I'm expecting the 
these 12 year olds to understand that they're making the wrong decisions online you know we yeah. put we do put a lot of blame on them when it's like we don't know what we're doing either so why yeah. are we blaming this 12 year old just because they know how to type better than you um, <laughs> yeah. Or maybe really swipe. Yeah, like we got scammed too, you know? Yeah, we yeah. got our Facebook accounts hacked too. Let's yeah. be so real. That's right, exactly. Yeah. So in my house recently, we, um, I'm going to say banned YouTube, but it's not like banned from their lives. It's mm-hmm. just, it was too much. And I didn't have the time or the energy to monitor what mm-hmm. they were watching. And yeah. then my daughter started talking to us like we were her subscribers. Um, you know, like, <laughs> don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe. It's like, no, so just funny. please brush your teeth. So I guess my, the point of this is it just feels like, not that we don't want to keep our children safe, because obviously that's number one priority always, but stuff like this can feel like another thing to do. So my kid comes home, we have to do homework, we have to mm-hmm. make dinner, we have to have dinner, we have to do the bath, we have to do the shower, we have to do all the stuff. They have to read mm-hmm. before they go to bed. Like They have to do yeah. all these things. And now I have to sit next to them while they're on the internet, you know, mm-hmm. and like I can't get anything done because I'm watching what they're doing. So mm-hmm. how do we make this manageable? So mm-hmm. is it something where in the beginning you're monitoring and you're doing these things together and then you're slowly building trust and you're like, okay, now mm-hmm. that we know, or is it kind of like we're going to sit down and we're going to talk and then we're going to touch base in a week about about it like what's the best way to make this realistic because mm-hmm. yeah I could keep my kids safe if I was watching her every minute of the day mm-hmm. but there's no way yeah and that's it's not realistic and it's also not setting them up for the future when they're gonna be by themselves correct so I think one of the common trends that we saw when we were doing so much research especially when we were revamping our internet safety workshop was that at the end of the day every parent really has to tailor how they monitor the internet use to their child, to where they're at, to their needs. There might be some that really need a lot more monitoring or Mm -hmm. limited use. You know, it's definitely finding that balance. You know, sometimes if we're too restrictive, then they learn how to get really secretive, Mm -hmm. how to be really private, how to have their login saved to their friends' phones, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not that we want to be restrictive, but we also don't want to be hands-off. It's finding that balance and being involved. I think that's why a really big part of what we encourage is the conversations with the kids because that way what you have taught them in those conversations the red flag phrases that you have discussed all of those different things that's in their head when they're using it mm-hmm. and they know hey it's not mom or dad just being dramatic it's not just my mentor or my teacher being dramatic Ooh, that person sent me that and I know where that can lead so I'm just gonna I'm gonna back away right um, so I think that's part of it But another thing that we saw that's really beneficial is also when you are putting in different apps or different tools to monitor the the cell phone or the computer, whatever it might be, is also having those conversations with them of, hey, I'm putting this on your phone. I'm being real with you about it. I'm being honest with you Mm -hmm. because I want there to be that trust. I'm not trying to be sneaky. But at the same time, this device has so much in it Mm -hmm. and it's important that this is here. Not to get you in trouble, not to make you feel uncomfortable, not to make you feel like it's something about your privacy, but because there's so much on here and, and it's really important. I've also seen some takes where, you know, some people say it's important to have a conversation with your kid about, hey, this is my cell phone. This Mm -hmm. is my tablet. This is my laptop. Again, I think every parent is going to have to decide Mm -hmm. how they feel about that. But that's another approach that I've seen Mm -hmm. where it's letting them know this is not your property. I'm loaning this to you. Mm -hmm. I want you to have fun with it and be able to use it. And, you know, again, you you talk about all the positives of why you want them to have it. It, We don't want to just go in too too hard and heavy with it. But at the same time, it's being clear of this is I am an adult. You are a child. 
and I'm not trying to loom that over you as like this is power that I have over you, right. but it is my role to keep you safe. So I think it can be tailored. There's definitely a lot of resources for parents on how to navigate these things as well. Sure. Everything you're saying is resonating with me. I'm very mm-hmm. big into communicating with my children, but that is a struggle, you know, for yeah. a lot of parents to be so open, to be so communicative, mm-hmm. to not just be like, I'm the parent and I'm saying so. So how do you feel about like the apps that you can put on kids' phones to monitor, like, mm-hmm. or, you know, like check kids phones on the side like mm-hmm. you know is it just the ends justify the means like just to kind of make sure that they're being safe or would I feel you like really know how to disable all that anyway yes they do know how to yeah no yeah what we decided to do instead of putting like a monitoring app was every app that my daughter wants to download to a device we get a permission mm-hmm. first. yeah okay so that's another great it's thing kind of like we have to approve what she's putting on her device Mm. Mm -hmm. so that'll often lead to a discussion of the ratings because sometimes those ratings are just not accurate at all (laughs) they'll say like four and up and really you know it's not it's not appropriate so we'll do some research together we'll discuss why it's appropriate why it's not appropriate Mm -hmm. but I think the, the monitoring is not so much the monitoring of the technology but it's monitoring that relationship mm-hmm. with your yeah. child it's that level of communication right yeah. yeah so not every parent is comfortable with that not That's every right. kid is comfortable with that That's it took right. a while for me to get my daughter to feel like you you are mature enough right. at 10 to discuss these things mm-hmm. That's right yeah you know I know I feel like yeah, my kids work even though I do communicate with them all every time, I'm like, hey, can we talk about something? They're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you're not in trouble. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, just to kind of interject, when you said they're like kind of checking their phones on the side, I feel like that kind of develops that that, that sense of mistrust. So they yeah. now mm-hmm. they're thinking, well, you don't trust me then. If right. you're checking me without me knowing, then you don't really trust me. And that kind of, that's going to backtrack that relationship that you're trying to build. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes with certain kids, it's, oh, you don't trust me anyway, I'm going to prove you right. I don't have your trust anyway, so right. let's what's the, the difference? What's the mm-hmm. difference? Yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah, I would say with checking apps, you know, a, a resource we commonly recommend is Common Sense Media. I love Common yeah. Sense Media. I was going to bring them up before. They have a contract on their website that you can do like a technology contract. Yes. So yes. I made my kids and my family, we all signed it. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm obsessed with that app. Yeah. We're going to do a whole episode about it, guys. So oh, stay tuned. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say another resource is also um, Thorn for Parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Rose Thorn, Thorn for Parents. Um, if you go on their website, they <laughs> have um they have discussion guides because you might feel like okay listen to this podcast but what, what do i say again you know so that's where you can pull that up they have different discussion guides you can kind of see how do i navigate different questions how do i you know respond what questions do i ask that's a place to start but i know that's something that we've talked about when we were really you know developing and revamping this workshop is oof like really the common thing that we're seeing with internet safety is that it does come down to the relationship and the conversations you know mm-hmm. but it is tough it's tough also because you know i think about the families we've worked with where that trust is broken mm-hmm. You know, maybe things are just really tough. There isn't that communication or, you know, they just feel like, I don't even know how to start about this conversation. So sometimes it also may have to do with me being like, hey, I got this wrong. You know, that's also, it's something we don't really want to do, but it's something that also sets the example of I am human too. I am your human parent, you know, and (laughs) I got this wrong and I want to get it right with you. Right. Yeah. Super important. In the gentle parenting world, they call that repair. Like you want to, 
I hope that's, I'm using that correctly. <laughs> but it's basically when you make a mistake with your child and then you apologize to them and you own up to your mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, everything you're saying sounds like gentle parenting. Like it really is just based around mm-hmm. communication mm-hmm. and making sure that you guys are on the same page and they know why you're doing what you're doing as opposed to just because I said so. Yeah, I do think that there are times where it is, I, I think, you know, authoritative parenting where it is also, hey, I am the parent, you yeah. know, it is mm-hmm. that balance and sometimes you're going to have to just set the line yeah. and you're going to have to be, you know, feel like you're being the bad guy and just for the, just for the importance of house. But I think if you give a reason of why you're setting that line, yes, exactly. yeah, that line is so important yeah. right, that it makes it more palatable. I yeah. agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when they get the, the creepy message or they mm-hmm. get, you know, the ask or whatever it is, they're like, it isn't just. Mm-hmm. nothing right. I know why this is a bad thing yeah sure can we get I almost said can we get into those creepy messages but that's not yeah. what I mean. <laughs> but like, some yeah, examples some examples yes. exactly so I'm struggling with like my daughter um, will you know download games or whatever and then it'll be like she'll blah Oh, forget it, oh, Roblox. No, we haven't done that yet, and she's cool with it. But, like, she'll put in, like, her full name. And I'm like, hey, yeah. hey, hey. Like, don't put your full name in there. Yeah. And she's like, why not? And I'm like, Ugh. Yeah. You know? So, like, yeah. So if you could talk about some examples and how parents should handle that. Yeah. So when it comes to, you know, that type of stuff, as far as, you know, we'll talk to kids about, you know, pick up on name, pick something else, be mindful of what you post. When we do our youth workshop, we show this 13 second TikTok and it's a fun trend. It's a song. And, you know, the person does the trend. They do the the dance, right? Where they they live, their birthday, their like sign, what their job is. Yeah. Like pointing around the screen to the song. It's fun, right? But afterwards we're like, okay, that was 13 seconds. What do we know about her? Right. And they're like, oh everything. my gosh, everything, you know? And everything. we're like, yeah. yeah. So we kind of, from there, we kind of explain, hey, trends are fun, no doubt, mm-hmm. you know? But sometimes we share more than we realize, you mm-hmm. know? Especially depending on our privacy settings. So that's something that we can discuss. Sometimes I give the example, say we're in an auditorium and it's, it's like 300 or something like that. And we're meeting with the 30 kids. I'll say, you know, if I walked in here and I have a follower per seat or more, right? And they're all here and they look at me and they're like, Stephanie, how's your dog, honey? Mm-hmm. How is this trip? How is, wait, what's that? What's that? Starbucks order you just got I'd be like that's so weird I don't know you right Right? (laughs) so sometimes we also say that to kind of explain how sometimes things feel so normal on the internet but Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that they are if you try to translate it to the real life world Mm -hmm. because they do want a lot of followers they want a lot of likes Mm -hmm. but how many people that I don't know do I actually want knowing about my dog I mean, I want everybody to know about my dog, but still, <laughs> yeah, because, you know, uh, yeah, as a silly example. But yeah. um, when it comes to the creepy messages, uh, we kind of refer to it as like red flag phrases, right? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes it might be fine in context, other times definitely not, and sometimes it's just not okay, right? Yeah. So two examples of, you know, really trying to make the child be isolated could be if somebody says, hey, let's go private, mm-hmm. or are you alone? Mm-hmm. And we explain, you know, that's somebody that's trying to pull you from a public space mm-hmm. on the internet into a private space on the internet and depending the platform like Facebook Messenger has end-to-end encryption mm-hmm. so that stays there like it only the message only goes to the other person it doesn't go to any third party or anything like that so yeah. that's even scarier right because they may be sending these messages and then they they're deleted and then you can't mm. you can't reach them when it comes to you know people reaching out that you don't know or maybe they're a friend of the friend like that's what I think is so complicated now mm. is that I would say years ago it was a lot easier to say don't talk to strangers on the internet 
Mm -hmm. They don't feel like strangers anymore. Right. Because I saw their face and I saw their videos mm -hmm. and they live right by me. I saw them on, you know, the Snap Map. And, you no, know, we talk all the time. I know them. I know so many things about them. They're not a stranger, right? right? But at the same time, that's where we help identify what are some phrases where people are trying to build that relationship with you and it escalates later on. So some things it might just be as simple as, you seem down, like, tell me what's bothering you. We explain, of course, if, you're, if your friend from school, you mm -hmm. know, maybe saw you in the hallway yeah. and felt that way and, and messaged you later, right. that's a great friend. That's that's normal. Yeah. But if it's somebody that's asking a lot of information about your life, they're really doing that, you know, that digging, mm -hmm. why? Right. Who are they? You yeah. know, or even if they're rushing to just a lot of compliments or I love you or you're the only person that I have, sometimes it feels so normal because you're like, wow, this is somebody that I'm friends with. They're with me all the time, right? They're on my phone all the time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that relationship can build. And it's important to, you know, if you're building that friendship or relationship and it's safe and it's normal, then why wouldn't you talk to your parents about it? Right. right? So if somebody's right. saying, you know, keep this secret between us, that's another red flag phrase. Mm -hmm. It's the same concept when if somebody's like, I know a way you can make money fast, mm -hmm. that can either, you know, can be an exploitation thing, can be a scam thing. Mm -hmm. But it's like, okay, if it's a legitimate offer, mm -hmm. Why can't you talk to your safe adult about it, right? Right. So yes. that's how we kind of, you know, want to think about it in that context. Sure. It's kind of um, like it used to be stranger danger, and now mm -hmm. it's tricky people. Yes. So yes. be careful of tricky people. Mm -hmm. um, I think what you said is really important about how they feel. They don't feel like a stranger. I yeah. talk to them all day long. So what do you say to the 13-year-old that's like, no, 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 you know, my boyfriend on my phone, we talk every single day. Like, how do you get through to that? teenager to be like mm -hmm. how do you know that this person is who they say they are yeah I would say it's hard because then we ask that and it's like no I FaceTime them right you know and yeah. and we've had some clients where you know they do have a boyfriend that is you know states away and they FaceTime all the time and you know sometimes even the parents are able to check that it is somebody their age mm -hmm. um sometimes it isn't and that's you know its own conversation but I think overall that's what's so tricky when it comes to internet safety when it comes to unhealthy relationships with the grooming process with tracking with all of these things is that we of course are so concerned and we have to be honest about our concerns we can pretend that we're not mm -hmm. um, but we want to stay in the conversation so we don't want to completely shut them down we don't want them to feel like they can't talk to us about it mm -hmm. um, but I would say it's definitely continuing that conversation and then deciding as a parent what what do I what do I need to do in this situation? Sure. So it's kind of like giving them the life skills for real world and online. Like, mm -hmm. you should be on the lookout for these things. Like, you wouldn't want your child to be with someone who was, you know, isolating them from their friends in real life either. Yeah. You know, or didn't want to meet their parents or, you know. Exactly. Those kinds of things in real life, too. So it's just giving them those skills and tools. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, hey, what's okay, what's not okay? Right. You know, what are some things that may sound not that bad, mm -hmm. but, you know, can actually be harmful in the long run. Mm -hmm. Same thing goes with the internet. Like, I think an example of that, that is both internet safety and I think healthy relationships is, you know, well, my boyfriend, you know, he says that, like, we should share passwords because we really trust each other, so it's no biggie, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that just, mm -hmm. there's so many ways. We have so Big many red flag. horror <laughs> stories of how that has gone, right? Yeah, But sure. it sounds like not that bad. Right. Yeah. So we kind of, again, like with tricky people, it's like sometimes it just 
it's not that bad, mm -hmm. but not that bad can get bad real quick. Right. It's not that bad with the person who's not trying to use it against you, but it could yeah. be potentially extremely harmful. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Now we're going to get to the part that I don't really want to talk about, but it's super important if we could start talking <laughs> about the realities of human trafficking, child exploitation, how online relationships can lead to those things. And if you could dispel some of the myths that are out there. I was saying earlier that I, I feel every other day on a, a parenting Facebook page there's somebody who is concerned that someone in a store was trying to kidnap their kid. Yes. And I'm sure that happens, but I just can't imagine that it's happening to the scale that Facebook tells it's us it is. It's a lot of paranoia. It's a lot yes. of fear-mongering and paranoia, and yeah. I want parents to be empowered to keep their kids mm -hmm. safe and not to be in that constant, yeah, state of panic. Yeah, you need the facts. Yeah, that's why we, we love talking about this, because paranoia and misinformation is wonderful for traffic. Oh, yeah. It's wonderful for traffickers. It's wonderful for buyers, right? Because we're not really seeing the reality of what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, and it's so terrible for parents, right? Because then mm -hmm. you'd be like, I thought Target was my safe space. I get Starbucks. I get all the things. Right. You know, like, what do you mean this isn't my safe space, right? So we always say with that, of course, you want to be safe. You know, when we're walking down the parking lot, make sure you're off your phone. Be aware of your surroundings. General safety is always important. But when it comes to human trafficking, there are a lot of myths and they're very harmful because, like I said, not only does it benefit the traffickers and the buyers, it also keeps people that are actively being trafficked in those in that perspective too, right? They see the things that we see. So when they're being trafficked, they're like, no, I'm not. I didn't meet this person at Target. They're the right. love of my life. Yeah. They're the person I want to be with forever. They're promising me all these things. They're my boyfriend. They're my friends, friends, I've run with this group, like it's totally fine. So when it comes to trafficking on a basic level, it is the business of selling a person for profit, mm -hmm. either through sex trafficking or labor trafficking. And it's sometimes confused with smuggling. Sometimes smuggling and trafficking can happen at the same time. Um, but smuggling has to do with moving someone across international borders. Again, sometimes they may do that in trafficking cases, but that's its own thing. Mm -hmm. When it comes to trafficking, there is definitely a lot of concern about abductions, about kidnappings. We think about the movie Taken mm -hmm. and, you know, different movies that kind of, you know, really get this point across. You know, sometimes we're like, oh, that's what it looks like, right? It looks like somebody being abducted. It's, it's not here. It's in another country. Mm -hmm. It's always going to be a violent crime. It's always going to be girls. And the trafficking field is very, very complicated. And it is not just those things, right? So boys and men are, are trafficked as well. Um, when it comes to the statistics, you know, we are seeing it. It's mostly women and girls, but it does happen to men and boys. And my whole thing with statistics is also we have to remember, you know, who is disclosing, right? It's people mm -hmm. that know that what is going on can be disclosed if they feel comfortable with disclosing. Mm -hmm. You know, we see that with... Um, with sexual abuse and, mm -hmm. and rape, right, you see far less men and boys disclosing. It doesn't mean it's not happening to right. them. Sure. But, yeah, when it comes to trafficking, it's happening here. If mm -hmm. not, we, our program wouldn't exist. Mm -hmm. Neither would all of the safe harbors all across New York State because um, there is one in every single county. And, yes, it's a very violent crime. We've had a lot of clients in very, very dangerous situations but a lot of times it's also the coercion, the fraud. And those are the elements of trafficking. It's forced fraud and coercion. So they can play a role at different points, you know, of the relationship all at once, maybe just one. Um, but force is the, the physical force. 
fraud is those lies, the deception of we're gonna have a better life, things are gonna be different. Mm -hmm. You have no idea like what our future can look like. I know your goals and, and I got you, right? Mm -hmm. And then that coercion is withholding the legal documents, saying, hey, I have those pictures of you and even if mm -hmm. you don't do this, I'm sending it to your whole school. Mm -hmm. I'm sending it to your parents, right? So coercion and fraud are good examples when it isn't gonna be that physical violence, yeah. but there's definitely that emotional and verbal violence. So those are the myths and the facts about trafficking. And it does happen here and it, and it really goes unseen. And I think part of it is because we're not looking, right? Sure. Maybe we're not aware of it. Also, sometimes it's just the people that are in these trafficking situations, they're not self-identifying mm -hmm. as, as being trafficked, right? right. It, they think that it's choice without realizing what is choice, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it's just a very narrow definition mm -hmm. for trade. Yes. I don't know if it's just, you know, because parents talking online about it or what's right. put out, you know, in the media. But I think if you asked most people, they wouldn't even consider half of the things that you just mentioned yes. mm -hmm. as being under the umbrella of traffic. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's even, like, me. When we were talking about, like, doing this podcast, mm -hmm. I was like, I don't really want to talk about this. And what does this really have to do with, like, online safety? Because like, you don't want to feed the fear. Exactly. But honestly, just listening to you play it out, like course this is connected to being safe online and of course you know like mm -hmm. yeah because I just think I'm taken yeah. mm -hmm. and I'm honestly guys I'm a little sick to my stomach right now <laughs> like, yeah, it's so yeah. scary it really truly makes me like so anxious but that's why we need to be empowered and informed mm -hmm. and have the facts and be able to really like we can't bury our heads in the sand yeah and I think being informed then helps you know okay so what do we do right, right. Because there are things that are within our ability, you know, so I think that's where a lot of what we do is we talk about the risk factors. At the end of the day, mm -hmm. all youth are at risk. All people are at risk. I'm sure we can all think about a friend who is strong and independent and we think, oh my gosh, she's the best, right? And she or he, you know, may have found themselves in a, in a really unhealthy relationship and we were shocked. We were like, mm -hmm. wow, I never thought they would have been in that relationship, mm -hmm. right? All people are at risk because we all have vulnerabilities. Right. We all maybe have times where we are lacking in our safety or in our feelings of love and belonging or our self-esteem. You know, we all have vulnerabilities, but when it comes to youth, there are people that are extra vulnerable, mm -hmm. right? Even with adults too. You know, so people that maybe are children that are in the child welfare system, or maybe they're LGBTQ and they don't have supports. Maybe their parents are wonderful, but they work day and night mm. because they have to, to make ends meet. Sure. So there isn't that supervision. There isn't, you know, as much connection. So those are definitely some vulnerabilities and some risk factors. Uh, mental health maybe can be a, a risk factor that's taken advantage of. Um, individuals with disability are at a, a far higher risk when it comes to trafficking and child sexual abuse. Um, so those are risk factors, right? Again, getting getting into the, the dark part of it. But at the same time, when we know the risk factors, then we can think about the protective factors, right? right? So if there is a child that has that does not have many supports, maybe so many things that have happened in their life, they have extensive history of trauma, but they have a group of people that really care about them. They have hobbies that they really care about. They have, you know, different supports in school or a coach or something like that. That's a really valuable protective factor. That's why we have our mentoring program. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's the work that we do with Safe Harbor directly, like our workers that work directly with these cases. But that's also why we have a mentoring program where we connect them to a community volunteer that's able to be that consistent and stable support. Mm -hmm. um, so 
that's where having this information is so important. So for us too, you know, we see the the TikToks, Instagram posts, the Facebook posts of this fear mongering. We see the movies that come out and we're mm -hmm. like, oh no, because it, it hits hard. Like I definitely will say, you know, when certain things come out, I'm sure for somebody outside of the field, they're like, oh, it is what it is. Like it's a little bit misinformation. It makes me so upset and mm -hmm. so sick to my stomach because of the impact that it's going to have. Sure. on parents and it's going to make them feel like they don't have anything that they can do and that's not true right right <laughs> <laughs> I um keep going please okay yeah. <laughs> just keep talking like i want all the information yeah. i want my children and everyone's children to just be so safe all the time <laughs> yeah yeah again it goes back to the the education the conversation so Part of what we, we do, and, and Jackie, if you want to talk a little bit about this, we have the youth curriculums that we do. So I know we were talking a lot about the parents, but I also want to dive a little bit deeper into what we do directly with the youth and the workshops that we do. So we use two curriculums. So it's Child Safety Matters and Real Talk and Vulnerabilities. And that's part of, you know, what we do to help empower how are you? So if you want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. So we do a curriculum. We do actually multiple ones. So we do, we're actually, we've done Child Safety Matters, which is, um, we actually talk to children starting from the age of like kindergarten through this grade that we did. Um, and we talk to them about safe adults, um, sex abuse. Like yeah, so we do go to, we go, do go into schools. Um, we could do it in the library. <laughs> yeah. Um, anywhere. Yeah, but we, we actually went into schools and we talked to the children about um, safe adults, um, online safety, bullying, um, sexual abuse, um, physical abuse, what neglect is. Like we go into all of that, um, but it's actually designed through this, like with the specific age group. So mm -hmm. the curriculum is actually modified and gives you different language to use, you know, how to say things to kindergarten versus fifth grade. You know, sure. it's a whole different curriculum. Yeah. Um, and then we also do I Am Little Red. So I Am Little Red is another curriculum that we do, and it is a 10-minute short film, and it is actually based off Little Red Riding Hood. But it actually goes into, speaks about how or what trafficking can look like using the wolf. Mm. Um, and they show different types of wolves. Like, for example, there's a wolf that has romance, shows romance. There's another one that is like the online one. There's another one that gives, that's like a friend, gives you gifts. And that was specifically, we did it with Girls Inc. It's another organization, and we would go after school, mm -hmm. show them the video, have conversation, discuss it, what it looks like. Um, so that was another one of the curriculums. And then mm -hmm. we have the, the vulnerability. What is it? The Real talk. Real, Real talk. talk. Yeah. Vulnerabilities. And with that one, too, you know, going into to the, we went into middle school. Um, last year we're going again and it was really exciting for us because you know we care about the curriculum that's one that we created ourselves the other two you know we received and we but this one was one that we've really modified created ourselves you know especially with the experience of the case managers the direct service workers it was really ha helpful having their insight on you know how do we say things in client conversations? So how should we say it in a group setting and the teachers and the psychologists like all the people on staff just kept saying Thank you so much because this is such a big problem, right? Because we are talking at that age, we are talking to them about sexting. Um, mm -hmm. We even did one, we did one last week, and it was funny, you know, as I'm mentioning sexting, I called them out. I was like, The squirms. Yes, the, the squirms. Squirm I was like, You guys are squirming? We're not going to pretend that this isn't happening, right? right. You've known yeah. it, yeah. you've seen it, you're going to continue to see it, so let's talk about it. So, again, I think with teenagers a lot of times their frustration is that they think that we don't get it that mm -hmm. we don't know and that we're talking to them like they're babies or we're treating yeah. them with these kid gloves and 
you know, obviously, we everything has to be tailored per age group. You know, when it comes to kindergarten, we're not talking about yeah, exploitation. No. You know, where it's, it's about body safety. It's yeah. about communicating. And the common thread in all of these curriculums is that, to some degree, they're fun, right? Mm. And we're not coming in and trying to scare them. All the videos are fun. Like, with Child Safety Matters, there's a bunch of songs that are really fun. Yeah, so by, videos. Yeah, yeah so yeah, by yeah. the end of it, they're, like, rapping along, and they're doing the dances. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's definitely a big part of it. Um, and, yeah, like I said, I think a big part of it is also staying in the know of what this looks like because it's a lot more dangerous when we don't know, right? And we're yeah. just mm-hmm. receiving things from other things. Mm-hmm. I also think... When, you know, going back to the paranoia, paranoia is really harmful, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's not a leveled fear, right? There's rational fear and there's a rational fear. And when we have, you know, fear isn't a bad thing necessarily, right? Being worried about something because we're aware of our surroundings, we're considering it, we're thinking about what we're going to do next. But sometimes when we're at that heightened fear, Mm -hmm. we're not even seeing clearly. Right. We're not thinking clearly right. because we're we're freaked out. Mm-hmm. So that's where that paranoia also gets really, you know, isn't helpful because it has us focusing on the wrong things. Mm-hmm. And I think that paranoia is also, you know, kind of with what we started with, it can really have us go into these conversations with these kids being like, I'm going to take away your phone. I'm right. taking off every app. You're never going on the internet. Like, you yeah. know, and that's why, like, I typically joke around when we're meeting with these kids. I'm holding an iPad. They know I have a phone. I have an Apple Watch, you know. Right. Yeah, and I'm right. like... Guys, it would be crazy if I came in here and told you to get rid of all of your tech because I'm covered in it, you know? Like, you know, so I think that's where we're able to kind of be like, we're having a conversation, let's talk about it. Yeah. But if we have that heightened fear, it kind of robs us of that. Yeah, it gets in the way, Mm -hmm. for sure. Question. Do you guys ever get pushback from parents mm. when you do these programs at school? Yeah, we will get parents that would actually send their, they'll send letters to the school say, stating that we don't want my child to learn about this, we don't want them to learn about mm-hmm. that, but in reality, it's like we're not providing the actual service that we need to provide for them. And right. why are you so opposed to us mm-hmm. teaching them things that are beneficial for them? Yeah. So they're coming to school at kindergarten with these letters to give to the teachers we don't want them to learn about sex we don't want them to learn about inappropriate relationships when or body parts but it's like in reality there's something going on here as to why you're so opposed to this Mm -hmm. because this is we're arming the children with tools that they're going to actually need and if we don't arm them then they are susceptible to whatever advances that can come their way and it's not fair for them because even some of these atrocities happen in school We have to teach the children that even children can hurt children, too. And this is big. And if we can't equip them with what they need to actually be safe, then we're not providing the service that we need to provide across the board. Sure. And part of that is, you know, because there are times where parents are concerned, and I understand them being like, wait, is this not going to be developmentally appropriate? Are you talking about these things that are just not appropriate for, you know, a kindergarten or first grade? And that's where, you know, we want to make sure that there's that clear communication so the parents know what's going on, because I think it's important for parents to know what's going on, and good that they want to know what's going on, right? But another thing that's really important for parents to know is that New York State has passed um, a mandate called Aaron's Law. Highly recommend you look it up. The the person that it's named after, she has a video where she talks about her experience. You know, she was sexually abused as as a child by family members, and you know, she wanted to make sure that this law was passed, this mandate. And what it mandates is that New York State schools have to provide a child abuse and exploitation curriculum kindergarten through 
eighth grade. So it was passed very recently. I've never yeah. heard of it yeah. yeah, so we're always very excited yeah. to talk about it just because, again, it's something that the schools are working really hard on, and I, I feel for our schools so, yes. so much because yeah. they have been just trying to survive COVID and Absolutely. so many different changes. So that's why even though, you know, it was passed in recent years, it's been a process for the schools to, to you know, start it, and it wasn't a funded mandate. So for schools, it's been really tricky mm -hmm. figuring out what curriculum, how do we pay for the curriculum, who do we get so in. So they were like, you have to do this, but we're not going to help you do it. We're not going to, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> This is important, but not that important. Yeah. yeah. But we're happy to jump in and help. Yeah, you know? yeah we're happy Good. to Thank jump goodness. in and help. Yeah. yeah, so that's why we've been doing them more often, and that, that's been a really positive turning point for us because mm -hmm. I know for for me you know when I was first starting in the program in 2020 and you know I was part of some different zooms with schools you know showing real talk they were like absolutely not mm -hmm. you can't talk about boundaries you can't talk about consent that's too far and now the schools are like oh my gosh you please, can yeah. <laughs> please yes mm -hmm. and and what basically another thing that you can see when you look up Aaron's law is that it shows up the different objectives so the mm. different things that need to be touched on her grade. So when we were, you know, we're always continuously working on our all of our presentations because we want to make sure, you know, that they're accurate, that we're able to modify them. And that's one of the things that we did with Real Talk was that we looked at the objectives and we wanted to make sure that this is something that we can go to a school and say, hey, we got you. Mm -hmm. This meets all of the Aaron's Law requirements. So uh, trafficking is really like a, a small part of it. It's in there, but it's really making sure that we meet those requirements. And then with Child Safety Matters mm -hmm. through the Child Advocacy Center, that's how we're doing that. So we are a small team. And when we do these in the schools, it does kind of wipe us out for a few weeks. So yeah, so one of the things that we're doing is we also are having a volunteer facilitator program. So people that are interested in volunteering and becoming a facilitator, they can get trained on the material. And if they're available for the dates that we're going into schools, they can be a part of that. Wow. So that's another way that the community can get involved. There's definitely, I always like to, you know, talk about that in presentations too, is that mm -hmm. there's things that we can do as parents, right. there's things that we can do as aunts, uncles, mentors, etc. Mm -hmm. And there's also things that we can do as a community to help in this topic. That's so important, especially right now where I feel like not just me, but in general, anxiety levels are so high. Mm -hmm. And you know that fantastic Mr. Rogers quote where it's like, you look for the helpers. Like, to all the parents listening, if you're sitting there and you're getting overwhelmed and you're starting to sweat, just think that there is a fantastic organization out there, Safe Harbor, and like you said, they're all across New York State, across the country, right? Country for the, the country, it varies depending on the, because, uh, super quick, but basically, you know, there's like the federal law yeah. for that, you know, navigates trafficking, and then it really left it to the states to figure out their laws. So mm -hmm. Safe Harbor, Act of 2008 is the one for New York State, but there there are safe harbor laws throughout the country. It, it just depends per state. Sure. So let's say this isn't a program that's happening in your school. How can parents? How can they kind of benefit from this information, or how can they? How can they get their kids to benefit from what they would have gotten in a school program? Like I know you mm -hmm. mentioned, like mentoring programs and clients and things. But how does it work if you're not seeing this presentation that you guys are offering? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think it starts with you can go to your school and say, "Hi, I just learned about Aaron's Law. What is the school doing to make sure that this is happening?" 
something? Or I'm how is the school do doing it? <laughs> yeah, like how is, how is the school ready. doing yeah. it? Because yeah. sometimes some they're, they're getting a curriculum and they might be doing it in the health classes and stuff. So it mm. really depends per school how it's being done. So I think that's part of it is checking in with your school. Hey, what does this look like? When it comes to our program specifically, so with our program specifically, like we kind of mentioned, our direct services program works with youth one-on-one that are referred. If you have a child that you feel like there's some concerns, there's some risk factors, Maybe it's the internet safety, the unhealthy relationships, running away, different things like that. Maybe you're not sure and you just want to give me a call and talk about it and see if it's an adequate fit. We can do that. We can complete a referral over the phone. Um, Anybody can make a referral to Safe Harbor. And from there, we can start services. Again, it's modified to the needs. Mm. It's free. Mm. Let's, you know, (laughs) let's make sure we get that across. It's free. What magic word? Yes. (laughs) Uh, Also, um, just to interrupt really quickly, uh, if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, I would love to learn more and I would love to just be able to come to the local library and learn more, please reach out to us on our podcast uh, site, emlib.org. It's on the homepage. You'll find it. But um, <laughs> and let us know, and we can organize a program to offer here at the library yeah. where you can learn more in person if you're interested. Yeah, that's something that we could do. We could even, you know, we've done these youth workshops. If you're not interested in direct services, but you're interested in a workshop being held, so, yeah, we can coordinate. A lot of times what we've been doing, it has been at a school or at, like, a group home or, or specific sites. Mm-hmm. But we can work with the library or other libraries to have it be done there and then keep you in the loop. You know, we can take down your information and keep you in the loop. And then with our mentoring program, again, it's for youth that are showing these different risk factors. Like I said before, it's not just open trafficking cases or open child sexual abuse cases. It might just be that there are some concerns and you want some extra support. And if it's not, you know, that's why I say call me because if we talk about it and you realize that, you know, maybe it's not a good fit, We'll try to refer you somewhere else. We want to make sure you get the support that you need. And with, like, the mentoring program, if you want to become a mentor, we would love that. We always need more mentors because there's a lot of kids out there that really can can use that support. So with our mentoring program, it is, we, of course, have an onboarding and training process. And then it is a four hours a month, one year commitment. So if you want to learn more information about that, Jackie and I would would love to talk to you. (laughs) Awesome. This is really so wonderful. I'm so happy I got to learn more about your organization. It really just is helpful to know how I can, you know, keep my kids safe. You know, like it's, it really can feel so overwhelming. You don't even know where to start. But when you really break it down the way that you just did, it seems not simple, but attainable. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it really just comes down to, like you said, communication. Lessens and the anxiety of it. Is. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. It totally lessens the anxiety because you just don't feel so powerless, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So we really appreciate you guys coming in and talking to us today. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, this was great. (laughs) You guys have anything else you want to add? The mandated reporters training is changing, so make sure everyone please participate and take a part in this opportunity. I do understand it is longer, but it's well needed. Sure. Because we do have educators out there that have their training from when people still had beepers and (laughs) cyberbullying is not talked about. You know, they didn't have computers then, but that's the education that they're still implementing now yeah. but at this moment they are changing the mandated reporter training and please please sign up for it I think that's so interesting <laughs> the training is lagging so far behind but I think it's indicative of like pretty much how everything is going everything is lagging behind and we're just finally catching up and being like oh 
Maybe we should yeah. take control of this situation. And we also, like, um, one of, like, the part of the onboarding process for the mentors is, like, the mandated reporter training. Mm. So, just you know, just in case there is a disclosure with, like, sure. the mentee, we just want to make sure, like, the mentor is, like, prepared or, you know, knows where to go and things like that. Yeah. Definitely gives them the right tools. And just for like us, um, for myself as a community educator, I host workshops um, to learn a little bit more about safe harbor and death. We talk about the grooming process in another workshop. We also have the importance of trauma-informed care and empowerment. And the recent workshop that we've talked and kind of touched upon here was the getting on the same page with your youth about the internet. It's an hour long. It's definitely more in depth if you're interested. And we're we're happy to do it. It's via Zoom, so it's, it's accessible. Free. It's free. <laughs> Again, free. 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 The keyword. I love that word. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we yeah, always say exactly. if you want a workshop, you got it. When, yeah. where, you know, that's sure, really yeah. we'll make We're it work. Still, yeah. Yeah. We just want to give the information out there. We really want to get it to everyone. Yeah, um, it's important. You know, the more knowledge that you have, the better equipped you are. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much to all of our guests from Safe Harbor, and thanks to you for listening. This topic is pretty brutal. It's brutal for parents, for kids and teens, for educators, but it is critical and it's a life skill now. So we're very thankful for all of you and the work that you do. If you or someone you know would like to learn more about Safe Harbor or find ways to get involved, you can find them online safely at eac-network.org or on social media at EAC Safe Harbor, and that's H A R. B-O-U-R, um, or by phone, old school, at 631-439-0480. Or you can beep them. I'm just kidding. Guys, thank you so much. And for those of you listening, if you enjoyed the podcast today or any of our previous podcasts, please tell your friends and family. We would like to keep this thing going. Tell us. Yeah, also podcast. tell us. <laughs> Are you out there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much. Thank you.